Welcome to the Bagel Boys Show. This is a movie podcast that's not meant to be taken seriously, seriously. We go through different miniseries covering five-year-old films, franchises, and finally actors. And this is our franchise series on the movies of Rocky. Hi, my name is Rocky Balboa. an attention grabbing way to start the episode to let people know we have a special announcement yes yes grab grab the listeners attention wes okay are you ready i'm ready hey (laughs) Hey! welcome to the show (laughs) i like this new character who is this (laughs) it's the it's the announcer for the fight for every fight that Rocky Balbo has been in. <laughs> Wesley Morgan. Daniel Andy, Foster. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Uh, how tall are you and how much do you weigh? I am six one and some change, almost six two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, weight unknown. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't know. Probably like one. That way? No, I'm somewhere between, like, hovering between either, like, 177 and 192. It, like, fluctuates. That's a big fluctuation. (laughs) A big old 15-pound fluctuation. That is a big fluctuation. I'm a little shorty. I think I'm 5'11". I'm 10 and a half, 5'11". Yeah. I'm not that... I'm a scrawny. I'd be a. Would I be a? I wouldn't be a heavyweight. Middleweight. No, I mean that's the other thing. We have done like as much research as I've done for the these Rocky boxing movies. I've done zero research for any kind of rules or history of boxing. Well, you better start because this is how the series is going to end. We're going to have our <laughs> boxing for charity event. Wes versus Daniel. Yeah. If, you, if you guys have seen Rocky Three, Wesley will sort of be like a Mr. Thunderlips, and I see myself yeah. as more of a Clubber Lang, uh, mainly because I look like Clubber. But there's some, you know, there's a lot of what? things wrong with that. Like what? I think we've got their attention now. We can make the special announcement. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I thought the fight was the special announcement. Is no. there two special announcements? No, that's not. We do have uh, competitors, or should oh. I say uh, contenders, for oh. 2021 Bagel Boy Show official listeners' choice. Woo! As soon as the Rocky miniseries, the Rocky franchise series is over, the following episode will be the listener's choice. And so earlier on in the week, we released our uh, patented Are You Listening movie music theme video. Mm-hmm. And within that video, the four movie themes are the four options that you guys all get to vote on. So the polls will be open for a couple of weeks. 
There will be an official poll online where you can comment, but you can also just send in your votes via text, via Instagram or Facebook message, by mail. I think we accepted votes by pigeon last year. Any way is possible. I prefer if you hand deliver to me at my doorstep. That's probably mm-hmm. my preferred method is that people come and greet me, mainly because I need friends. Um, <laughs> but any sort of way will do. Well, don't don't uh, type it out if you give it to Daniel. He prefers handwritten sentiments, uh, handwritten, handwritten letters. Please. Yeah. Yes. And I do accept bribes. Wes <laughs> does too. He won't admit it like I do, but I do accept bribes. If you slip a 20 in that boat, I will probably take it. See, I'm like, you don't need to give me a 20. I'll accept a good old George Washington. And by that, I mean a quarter. <laughs> Not even a oh. dollar. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you doing okay financially? Yeah, it's fine. I'm just banking on a lot of votes this year. <laughs> oh, Okay. So yeah, the four options, the four contenders. You probably are curious what they are. I'm curious. You're curious? Daniel, you know. Okay. (laughs) You do know. Yeah. I do know. I'm just trying to lead up the suspense. You gave me a handwritten letter telling me that you knew. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right. So we shook it up a little bit. Last year we had five options. This year we're only having four. Uh, mainly because a few of those options got left in the dust completely <laughs> last year. And we wanted to make it a little, a little tighter race. And mm-hmm. so we got some suggestions from a handful of you. Uh, and some of those did, in fact, make this list. So option number one, contender uh, and c- contender in the first corner. There are four corners in, in a boxing ring. Mm-hmm. So first corner, you've got a classic. It is a part of a franchise, a franchise we probably will never cover. But nonetheless, it is 1993's Steven Spielberg's Kathleen Kennedy's Sam Neill's Jurassic Park. (laughs) Wayne Knight's Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Wayne Knight's Jurassic Park. I I really wish you had let off with Wayne Knight's feature film (laughs) Jurassic Park. Yes. So that's option number one. Love it. And in the second corner, we have another mm-hmm. fan favorite, a host favorite, The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. That's a favorite of both of ours, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a favorite of everybody's. Yeah, if you don't like The Incredibles, I don't know what to do for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We tried to pick some very popular options amongst our listener base, but also if it's not popular, uh, it has a very passionate fan base behind it. And that would be the next, the next contender in the ring. It's maybe not as well known as the dinosaur, the superhero movie, but it is, it will be known nonetheless. It is a knight's tale. Yeah. Haven't seen that one in years, so I'm kind of excited about that possibility. The Heath Ledger, um, I forget Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany's in it. A lot of Wayne really. Knight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's in all of them. It's actually just a Wayne Knight series. It's a Wayne. I would love a Wayne Knight series. You do some Seinfeld episodes. 
Get some Space Jam in there, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Knight's Tale is the third contender. And last but certainly not least is another animated feature film. Solace in theaters when I was just a wee boy. It is The Emperor's New Groove. Not starring Wayne Knight, but it does have Johnny Goodman and David E. Spade. Both of them are close friends of the show, of course. And close friends with Wayne Knight. That's really what it's all about here at the show. It is. Um, So, (laughs) Jurassic Park, The Incredibles, A Knight's Tale, and The Emperor's New Groove are your four contenders for Listener's Choice 2021. And again, you'll hear us talk about it, I'm sure, the rest of this miniseries. But without further ado, let's jump into today's episode of The Bagel Boys Show. Today we are talking about Mr. Rocky Balboa. Right off the bat, I really like that we didn't do Rocky Six. I like Rocky Balboa. It's classing this franchise up a little bit. 16 years mm-hmm. after the release of the Toxic the COVID positive <laughs> Rocky five. Yeah. You have to quarantine two weeks after you see Rocky five. The CDC recommends it. It's out there. It is not FDA approved that film. It's no, absolutely not. It's not Vega boy approved either. I think that is, I think, I don't know. I'll have to go back and recheck. Uh, the lowest, lowest rated episode. I think it is. Well, there was cats. We can't forget cats. <laughs> cats is pretty low. Cats is pretty low, but didn't Shay give it like a 10 or something? So she offset it. I don't know if we legally accepted that score, but that does sound <laughs> kind of familiar, maybe. Yeah. Hachi, it's certainly the Hachi. lowest of the of of the, the classic duo. Yeah, it is. So 2006. Stallone steps back into the ring, literally and figuratively. He is directing once again. And obviously, this is not the last movie in the franchise. Uh, It was kind of touted to be that, that Rocky, uh, excuse me, Sly Stallone was saying, Mm -hmm. leading up to this one, that, hey, this is the last one. I promise. I pinky promise you guys (laughs) the last one. He wanted to go out on a high note. And I like that leading up to this it kind of had the whole stallone movie uh background story come full circle because we talked about at the beginning he couldn't get hired he didn't want to sell the rights to the first movie rocky and nobody wanted him to star in it or make it flash forward decades later in the early 2000s he finished writing he finished the first draft of the script in 99. So almost 10 years after Rocky five. And he just could not get it made because no one wanted to make it. Everyone was like, it's, it's over. You're done with, you're washed up. You're a bum. Uh, you know, we'll put you in other things, but no more Rocky movies. No, thank you. Tough crowd. It's a very tough crowd, but you know what? Rightfully so. Can you blame them? Can you blame everybody for being uh, a little bit sour uh, in the mouth after Rocky five and 90 in 1990? Yeah, but I would want him to make Rocky Balboa as quickly as possible to get that taste out of our mouths. 
I think he needed time. So he got it. 16 years later. 16 years later, he did. Uh, a lot of the people who were around him at the time of Rocky Five, uh, you know, we're just talking about how distracted Stallone was, how he, he, his head and his heart wasn't in it at that point. They had a script of that movie. We forgot to talk about it last week in which Rocky dies. Rocky dies in the street fight at the end of Rocky five. And although I do like when movies take risks and having finality with their, you know, unsinkable, unkillable characters, Mm-hmm. I'm so glad they didn't kill Rocky in the streets. <laughs> in Rocky what Five. A, what an unsatisfying ending to that series. I've I've been thinking about that all week. Like what what the future of his career looks like. Uh, yeah, we talked about the 16 year gap in between. He had some hits some misses he had movies like tango and cash that came out around the same time he had a movie called cliffhanger he had the movie demolition man uh there's a movie that he he made called stop or my mom will shoot which has a very (laughs) funny looking trailer i have not seen this movie uh another movie called assassins with antonio banderas oh i remember that uh, Judge Dredd, mm-hmm. a movie called A Family Thing. It's a family thing. <laughs> oh, is it now? I think that's a prequel to uh, Fast and Furious. Yeah, probably. Uh, Demolition Man, that's the movie where he has to wipe his butt with seashells, right? <laughs> How to use them, the, the world may never Yeah, Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That, that's the movie, okay. Uh, along with several others, you know, he kind of, uh, I guess he was a, a voice in the movie Ants, everybody, everyone's favorite movie about bugs. Pixar's first movie. That's true. Don't look it up. <laughs> sure. Uh, he also was one of the um, aliens on the television wall in Men in Black. If you oh, remember really? that. Yes, apparently. I don't remember that at all. I don't know if you can spot him or not, but he's credited in there. And then uh, we talked about it a little bit last <laughs> last week, but he was in Spy Kids 3D Game Over. I've heard only good things from you. <laughs> That's all there is to tell. So what's Rocky been up to with his dead wife running an Italian shop? But- I don't know. <laughs> The movie kind of does have a cold open feel, which puts you back into the mindset of the original, where Rocky Five tries to manufacture it with the Polly gave away all of their money side plot that's immediately dropped, and then putting on the old outfits like they had to sell all their clothes or something, and then having scenes with Rocky walking up and down the Philly streets. It just feels so manufactured, whereas this one it opens with the song that the homeless group is singing from the original Rocky. Take you back and do, 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 It's taking us back, Daniel. I love it. I, I'm pretty positive this movie, by the way. I think yeah. it's have a bad rap. I, I enjoy this movie quite a bit. Well, 
how much did you enjoy it, Daniel? How much did I enjoy it? Could you put a percentage on it? Oh, I would probably, I would, but I'm going to save it till the end in forms of bagels. Good Why, answer. What <laughs> Why, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking, you know, in honor of uh, the late, great uh, ghost of Mickey, <laughs> Coach Mickey, we've got to, we got to, <laughs> we got to shine the light on these rotten tomatoes. That's right. We do it for Mickey. We do it for, <laughs> we do it for Mickey. <laughs> Even when we do it the next series, it'll always be for Mickey from now on. <laughs> always tomatoes. I think it'll stick. I think saying tomato like that will mm-hmm. stick forever and ever. Yes. So critics and audiences, much like you, Daniel, kind of took a shine to, to Rocky Balboa, the sixth movie in the franchise. Both scores are fresh. Obviously, uh, bagels are the superior food item to write your movies on, but we will not be doing that until the end of the show. This is known. Everybody knows this. Everyone does. But you know what? You'll you'll get to guess. You'll t- get to take your stab at a, a guess here. And this is the critic consensus for Rocky Balboa. Implausible, but entertaining and poignant, Rocky Balboa finds the champ in fighting form for the first time in years. Hmm. What does that say to you? Obviously, it's positive. Say? What does that say to you, percentage-wise? It says that the critics are giving us a 75%, is what this says. You're very, very close. Hmm. This is a 77 oh, for the man. critics. I say that the fans are probably giving this thing a, probably a big old 72. Close again. It is 76 so they're almost hand in hand. I was going to say, this is another one that was very, very close. I think Rocky Two was the, the other one that was very close in audience and uh, critic score. This movie brings people together. Yeah. But you know what, though? How it can bring people together. I, I'm sorry to jump from like little bit to little bit that we do here, Daniel. Yes. This is the sixth movie in the franchise. Um, And just in case people either didn't listen to the episode last week or haven't been watching along, I think they need to know the context in which this movie kind of sits because it does, uh, I don't want to say retcon, but it does restructure the image of Rocky quite a bit from when we last saw him. So in honor of the sixth movie, I'm going to give you six seconds, six seconds. To All recap right. Rocky Five. Uh, can you give me uh, three seconds of silence so I can collect my thoughts? Yeah, three seconds of silence, and then I will say go. All right? I collect my thoughts. Yes, sir. Go. Rocky gets a bump on the head, free as a bird, can't fight anymore, has to train Tommy Gun. Tommy Gun's a bean guy. <laughs> He's a mean guy. I stand by it. <laughs> you <laughs> you start with like these long-winded, like he's a bump on the <laughs> I love the reference, bump on the head, free as a bird. Yeah. Which he's you know, not he's, though. <laughs> he's not at all free. He's, he's broke as a bird. I don't know. He man, Rocky Five, Rocky's in such a pathetic state. This movie is such a breath of fresh air after watching Rocky Five. Yeah. I I agree. I 
I think for the first time in a long time, the Stallone zone is is back into prime time, back in fighting form, like the consensus said, because even though this movie does have a lot of preachy monologues and over the top kind of dialogue in some places, the performance mm-hmm. from Stallone is pretty solid. There, I have issues. I have issues with the movie, but it's it's none of them have to do with him. No, he is the highlight of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty basic take with the being called Rocky Balboa, but no, I think he's actually this is the best he's been since Rocky Two. I think. Mm-hmm. I'd probably agree with that. Like, I thought for a second, like, oh man, maybe that's a little bit of a hot take. It's not really. <laughs> not really. No, not really. From the first moment of him just kind of somber sitting down at Adrian's grave to the conversations he has with Marie uh, and his son and even Polly, even Polly to an extent, like everything that's coming from Rocky feels like, hey, this is the again, the natural progression of where he should have been back in Rocky five. But we get that here in Rocky Balboa. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone cares about this character, and he cared enough to fight for the movie for sixteen years, mm-hmm. and fight for it. He did. He came back. They had they gave him a smaller budget this time around, and I feel like as a performance, this is very classic Rocky. He's a little bit different. He's obviously out of boxing shape, but he has a. He's given himself a new passion, new direction. He owns the restaurant Adrian's. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He looks back on the past, especially the past with Adrian, their years and their time together with, with fond memories. And also back in the ring, he's very proud of what he was accomplished as a boxer and a fighter. He likes to tell stories to all the customers coming to the restaurant and just living in Philly and being a part of the community. He's a big community figure with a huge positive like attitude on life at this point. Yeah. He's taking care of, though I have major problems with Marie's storyline, I like that there's another person's life that he's taking care of and that he's uh, he's always looking out for people. Good old Rocky. You love him. You love mm-hmm. to love him. Uh, it clocks in at an hour and 42 minutes, probably about an hour and 35 if you take out the credits. And yeah. whoo, it feels good to be back on this side of, of two hours, Daniel. <laughs> It's breezy. Mm-hmm. It got to the last fight, and I was like, what the heck? I thought the movie's been on for an hour. Mm-hmm. Another staple of the Rocky. One fight. One fight. One fight. One and done. That's what you need. That's what you need. Yeah, I we'll get into more of Stallone in a little bit as far as like his directing goes. But it is kind of cool to see, like we talked about it, coming full circle with him being you know, basically told no again that he can't make another Rocky movie and then giving an extremely small budget relative to sequels past and then being able to make a successful movie once again. Uh, Like he said at the time, this was supposed to be the last one. And I think the way the movie resolves and where they leave Rocky's character, even though I think we've kind of mentioned like we're, you know, positive minded on the Creed spinoff movies. it's nice to know that if they weren't possible or they couldn't get the drafts together or say Stallone passed or something, 
he left the character in a very, very solid place by the end of this movie. Absolutely. You done the Bega Boys proud, Sylvester Stallone. You did. We are proud papas. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's talk a little a little bad boy. Who's not really a bad boy? Talking the chat antagonist, the antagonist today's matchup. I'm sorry, who? Mason Dixon. I I don't remember him. Who? <laughs> he is the opponent of Rocky in this movie, Daniel. I just remember Rocky just you know working at an Italian restaurant. I don't really remember the the villain at all <laughs> because he's thing. not he's not good. <laughs> You don't okay, so you're down on on Mason Dixon. I'm down on Mason Dixon. I don't think he has any presence. He's just kind of you literally just forget even what he looks like as soon as the movie's over. <laughs> it's just I don't know. And he's a real life boxer, and I don't think he had much acting training. You know, I think they won the real boxer, which is cool, but no, he's just not charismatic. You don't really care about him and his backstory. He's just kind of there for rocky to fight somebody (laughs) i agree with you to a point i think he's much better and much more reserved than uh our other uh actual boxer in the franchise uh tommy morrison tommy the machine gun uh, machine gun tommy absolutely machine gun kelly yeah yeah Yeah. he uh, dixon in this movie he isn't really a villain which is kind of refreshing considering where we've been like you have you know tommy the machine gun who's just douchebaggery at its finest before that you have actual super villain ivan drago and then before that you have clubber lang who's again uh, talking about how he wants to sleep with adrian to rocky's face you don't get that with dixon no well you get kind of a moment at the end where he's just a straight up jerk to rocky which kind of comes out of nowhere for his character, which I always thought was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I think it's more frustration because he's gotten to the point where he doesn't, they get kind of coaxed into this fight. Uh, Rocky wants to just fight locally again. He's kind of reignited his passion for fighting. He's talking to Polly about how he wants to get back in the ring. He has some inner demons he wants to wrestle with and get them out of his system. And meanwhile, Dixon is seen as kind of like this paper tiger champion who's just been spoon fed opponents his whole career and holds mm-hmm. the championship belt. And so they see this as an opportunity to match these two guys up as an exhibition match, just to reframe Dixon's image and also give, you know, the people someone to root for in Rocky once again. So this is not a official championship match. This is just an exhibition at this point which for a guy who's like pushing 60 almost i think in the movie or something like that obviously that's the way to go there's no in no world does a professional champion fight an old man you know and and lose it's just not really possible i'm being hard on him i just think that he's a plot device more than anything i would say Uh, they try to give him a backstory, which I sort of appreciate. Like when he's talking to his trainer early on in the movies, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just ultimately, I just think he's kind of forgettable, which is disappointing. 
But I think if you're going to have a forgettable villain, I think this is the Rocky movie to do it. Yeah. Because it's more about, you know, it's yeah. more of a finale for Rocky. You don't need a big Ivan Drago or anything. No. So he's passable for this movie. Passable. I think passable is the perfect word to describe him there, Daniel. He's not, I wouldn't go to Forrest to say he's like forgettable, but he's definitely a background character and not in the sense of, oh, you know, he's supporting, he, he's just kind of there, like you said. He, he's not a bad, I wouldn't say he's a bad performance. The movie just doesn't give him a whole lot to do. I think it's just this thing again, where certain things when we watch these movies back to back to back to back to back to back, certain things stand out that normally wouldn't stand out. I don't think I would really criticize this character much at all if I hadn't seen the other Rocky movies, or at least it wouldn't feel weird to us. Does that make sense? Did you have a similar thing? Because the other villains or other opponents have been such larger than life characters. And so when you get a a semi-realistic one, it's like, all right <laughs> yeah well and it, i guess it kind of fits the tone of the movie because even the last fight scene plays like an actual i said fight scene it's not really yeah the last fight kind of plays like an you're watching it on espn with like the camera work and everything and he's an actual boxer and it just kind of fits mm-hmm. it doesn't really i don't know but yeah. it's not the kind of villain that I'm interested in seeing. I kind of like those charismatic, kind of hammier characters like the Clubbers and the Apollos. Yeah, serves the movie. It serves the movie well, I think, by staying kind of in the background. Because we've, we've got to talk about these these other supporting characters now who do get quite a bit of screen time. Mm-hmm. The, the big one I want to get out of the way really quick. Uh, or I, I shouldn't say really quickly. I should say first and foremost... We have to talk about the lack of Adrian, that choice, because I think that's a very important choice, obviously, for the franchise. Uh, and the choice to have Marie in that kind of, uh, I don't want to say, for lack of a better phrase, female supporting lead, co-lead. She has a lot of screen time. She does have a lot of screen time. A lot of unnecessary screen time. Yes. Especially in the second half. I like that Rocky's care cares about his community and he has somebody, you know, Marie is kind of poor. She's a single mom. Like he helps her out. He offers her a job. I like he has somebody to take care of. So I think that's within his character. I do not like them trying to replace Adrian with her, which they're definitely trying to do. Yeah, that's where I get a little iffy with the character. It's it's that's the thing. The the first, you know, like I said, the first shot of the movie, the first like emotional stake and really the most resounding one throughout is the loss of Adrian and how that's affected Rocky. And I thought that was at first, uh, I don't want to say bad choice, but it was very risky in the sense that Mm -hmm. you're you're killer off screen. She's passed away she's died and you know they've had a funeral there's nothing he's visiting her grave in one of the first scenes of the movie and i was like this is such a huge important character to the whole family and i was kind of wrestling with that and where it starts off for like the first 20 minutes i'm like this is really kind of working because it sets up rocky 
it sets up Polly in a way I did not expect. And it kind of builds the dynamic of, hey, the mom was lost and it sets up the, the divide that we see between Rocky and his son. But yeah. then the movie starts to linger and introduce them, this Marie character, which we find out is the girl that he walked home in the first movie. And it spends a lot of time with her. And as the movie goes on and on and on, there's nothing in a bottle or isolated that I have a huge problem with, but it's the sum of the parts of the amount of time the movie spends on building up her character and her relationship to Rocky. And then having much like Adrian is or has been in the previous Rocky movies, the one they're supporting him at the end outside of the ring. When the movie yeah. cuts to her, I, I felt betrayed <laughs> on a personal level. Yeah, when she's cheering from the end, yelling Rocky like Adrian used to do, I'm like, oh, give me a break. Like, we don't need that. Yeah. His relationship with his son is enough, I think. Yes, it should have been, and it's, it's not. It played that up more. Because yeah. the second half, when they get along again, I love all that stuff between them. But I'm like, play that up. Uh, and I, I don't think that he has any romantic feelings for her, but she does kiss him in one scene, and I hate yes. that because it's like, well, we have to have a female who's interested in Rocky. I mean, you, you like, you have to have that. It's like, no, you do not. She, it's not necessarily a very lover's kiss for. <laughs> I don't want to call it that, but it's not like not that. And they also say earlier in the movie, it's like, hey, you know, my wife is gone, but I'm not on the market anymore. Like my heart's still taken. The fact that the movie even has to say that. Yeah, it knows it's guilty before that it even begins, you know. Yeah. And the actress who plays her is is not bad per se. It's just, it's, you feel this weirdness where it's like you're trying to fill this void where the whole point of the movie, or at least what I thought the movie was going to be, was about the void that Adrian left and how it affects the entire family, how it affects Rocky, little Rocky Jr., a.k.a. Robert Balboa, and mm -hmm. Polly. And you just kind of shoehorn this character in that's from the first movie. It's like, I don't know. It's like Anakin Skywalker going back to tattooing and saying, hey, Owen Lars, remember how you're my my stepbrother? Like, let's go on an adventure together. Like, it doesn't make, like, you wouldn't have that. It makes zero sense. I would kind of like that. But yes, I think <laughs> I want an Owen Lars. Yeah. <laughs> Owen Lars, a Star Wars farming story. Absolutely. You know what? There's no way that it could do worse than Solo did at the box office. So. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I think the first half, she, it's, it's good. You know, he gives her the job and everything. And I think there's some sweet moments between them. Yeah. I, I, I think they kind of screw up by having her have a son because he has a couple moments with her son that kind of leads to nothing. Like they yes. adopt the dog, they adopt the dog together, which is kind of sweet question mark. But but it you know he makes things up with his son by the end of the movie, and so he has that son figure in his life. So we didn't really need that. what's the stepson's name? Steps. Uh yeah, it's like Steven. Steps is yeah, like the nickname. Yeah. 
really a useless character. He's not in it too much, so it's not a huge problem, but pretty useless. Yeah. It's just uh more the more and more it goes on, the more frustrated I, I got with this because the movie spends a lot of time with that character and it starts out as like I thought it was another just element to show what Rocky meant to the community and where he could find usefulness in that. But then it completely takes over the whole father son thing in some moments. And it also takes over the, the brother stuff with Polly. And I can't believe this movie made me want more Polly, but it did because of the Marie character. And I, I was I was on the couch just like just sweating in frustration because I'm like, am I really about to go on this podcast where I've called Polly a piece of shit and now have to admit that this movie didn't have enough Polly? Well, I think this is Polly's best movie, right? It has to be. Yes and no. I'll say yes because of again kind of this movie starts off so strong in the setup because mm-hmm. you have these moments where before uh mason dixon and the whole premise of where the boxing is going to take the character of rocky you see him back around the area where you know the movies started back in philly and he goes to where he and adrian had their first date at the ice rink and it's torn mm-hmm. down the community center is rubble at this point and it's the we learn that it's the anniversary of Adrian's death. She's been gone, and Rocky yeah. is in reflection, and he's talking to Polly about it. And Polly just kind of erupts, and he's like, "I, I don't, I can't do this anymore, Rocky. I can't do it. You are looking back on these times because it's good memories for you. I'm looking back on this, and I, I'm, I was terrible to her. I don't like thinking about this, and I." Daniel, I stood up and cheered at my screen because I was like, thank you. Yeah. After all this time, there was a point. Exactly. Like, it kind of, it doesn't pay off completely. It's still kind of no excuse for how they let him scot free off for five movies. Right. I'm like, thank you for finally acknowledging it and not just sweeping it under the rug. Mm-hmm. And he's actually legitimately good in that scene, too. Yes. His acting really never stood out to me, but that scene, I was like, oh, he's getting me to feel something. <laughs> yes. It's a miracle. It's it's very reminiscent of more of the stuff that we got at the beginning of Rocky Three, only done in such an emotional way that like you resonate with. And I just wish the movie followed through with that. You see that yeah. in such a bright flash at the beginning. And it goes nowhere because the movie wants to spend more time on, you know, Rocky's road to redemption, but also stuff with Marie. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Polly is still a piece of shit. He is. Don't get me wrong. We will go back from being a pile to now just a singular piece. He has got this movie has done that for him. (laughs) way to go Polly uh he also what did you think of that scene when he gets fired and he shows up at the restaurant drunk I thought it was very random because 
Polly gets fired from his job for unknown reasons. We think he just gets laid off. Just laid off. Yeah. And then he comes back to the Adrian's restaurant, is drunk, and then just kind of leaves <laughs> in the back alley. Well, he causes a scene. He's screaming at Rocky and all. The yeah. And then, yeah, it kind of just leads to nothing. I, I don't know. <laughs> that scene kind of made me laugh because at the end of it, I'm like, does this come back in the end? Like, does he get a job in the end? Or, nope. Not nope. really. He Not gets really. a touching moment. He gets a touching moment with Rocky towards the end, like after and before the fight and everything. But again, you yeah. just, when this will kind of lead into Robert Balboa, AKA little Rocky Jr. Uh, played by uh, This Is Us actor uh, Milo. Uh, what's his last Vintimilia. name? Ventimiglia. I really like this actor. He yeah. was also in Gilmore Girls. He was my favorite boyfriend in Gilmore Girls. Uh, he is in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Jess Mariano. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I think he's really good in this. And I think that's some per- perfect father-son casting. Yeah. Because uh, they, they look alike. They kind of have the same mannerisms. And I actually heard an interview with Milo where he said that their jaws both kind of uh, fall the same way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which he pointed out in their interview and Rocky and Sylvester Stallone was like, hey, he thought it was really cool. Helps <laughs> him get the part. I think he's really good in this. I think so too. And I hate to be like a downer within this. It's really only just for the supporting elements because it's what could have elevated the movie to greatness, but they're all overshadowed by the wrong things. And yeah. I think he's, pulls off a really good performance i don't think it's over the top i don't think he's overacting i think he's playing off stallone very well where they get that vibe he also he he carries what the younger actor rocky's son you know as a child actor would look like and would be like in the future kind of off on his own doing his own thing but having to live in his father's shadow because he's still in philly and that's a real thing. Like that's something that would happen if these characters were real, especially mm-hmm. since Rocky's so involved within the community. Everybody knows him. He's a local legend. He's really a, a nation legend at this point. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's frustrating to him and he doesn't want to accept the responsibility. And you get, you get the very, uh, we'll get into potent quotables, but you get the big, big speech from Rocky in the street with his son about building a life for himself. And it's not about how hard you can get hit, but how, or how hard life hits you, but keep moving forward. We'll, we'll talk more. I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to steal it. Cause I'm sure it's, it is, it is the potent quotable of the movie. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is the Facebook meme. Slap it on a picture, a text picture quote everywhere. <laughs> it is in every inspirational yes. YouTube video ever. You'll find yes. it is the Rocky Balboa quote from the movie. And so, yeah, you get stuff with the this the kid. And I like that it continues on the sort of cats in the cradle situation that we got from the previous movie in, in a more mature way. And I like that it gets resolved at the end. It just feels like all of the scenes with his kids his kid is rushed because it's having to fit in the stuff with this, these new characters with 
Marie and her son and the dog that they adopted. And it's like, why are we not focusing on this established character who has, has suddenly become super interesting and is now acted by like a stud? Like it sh that should be the focus of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thumbs up though. Yeah, a thumbs up though. I like that they don't make him too bratty. No, he's really, he's really just he cares about his dad because he doesn't yes. want to see him get hurt. And you know he he has the, he does he does a couple of douchey things like he doesn't show up when he says he will. But no, he's still a character you empathize with. So yeah, thumbs up for our boy Milo. Especially in the scenes like after, like he knows, like he comes to the restaurant before that scene happens, and he's that's what kind of leads into it because he, one he doesn't want his yeah. dad to get hurt, but he also is like. What are you doing? You know what this is going to do to me in a very selfish way. But then leading mm -hmm. up to the fight, he's there by his dad's side while he's training during the training montage. And then he's there. He's he's the one the movie should have been cutting to more and more. Yep. Instead, you know, to, to highlight the familiar. Well, well, I disagree. I think I think Marie should get her own spinoff. But I yeah, that's all right. We can disagree. No, you don't. Stop that. <laughs> you know who should get their own spinoff? The final supporting character, Duke Evers. <laughs> Were you so happy he came back? The fact that he's back and he's like older than all of them, but he's still like a 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Again, just steals the show in the best of ways. <laughs> he's great. I forgot that he came back. It was a mm. pleasant surprise. I think... Uh, because he's back in a few scenes in the background, but also most prominently in the training montage scene, which was another breath of fresh air that we're back to form because it, it, he's talking about how, hey, we can't fight him with speed. We can't really fight him with, you know, technique or anything like this guy's a champion. He'll beat you, you know, three ways to Sunday or whatever. We got to just yeah. pound for pound just good old fashioned biscuit boxer, whatever uh, Spider-Man Noir called it, <laughs> you know, just straight up fight him. <laughs> biscuit boxing? Yeah. Biscuit boxing, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I could have used a little bit more of him, but mm -hmm. you're glad he's back. Of course, of course. I think he he's a perfect segue into our potent quotables, quotes from the movie that we found funny, meaningful, or memorable for one reason or another. And I just have to say that Duke has, I'm sure, a line that you have written down as well, Daniel. <laughs> it's, it just kicks off the, the training montage in the best of ways. He looks at Rocky after kind of discussing what the training regimen is going to be. And he says, let's start building some hurting bombs. <laughs> Which is what Wes says every time before we record an episode, by the way. It's very true. Before I even before I even saw this movie, before I even knew what movies were, that's been like my <laughs> motto for Daniel and I recording. Let's start building some hurting bombs. I said, Wes, what are you talking about? Then I saw this movie and it makes perfect sense now. <laughs> it's actually the new tagline of the show. Welcome to the Bagel Boys show where we build hurting bombs. <laughs> hey, Wes. Yes. You ain't going to believe this, 
but you used to be the size of a bagel. I'd hold you right up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody I ever knew. That happened. That did happen. That did happen. I told your mom, Lynn Morgan, this kid right here, and I held you up in my hand. <laughs> Do you want to just finish it? Yeah, can I? I have it ready. Okay. Go ahead and, and just, okay. I want you to say the whole thing uh, with as much uh, acting gravitas as you can give this performance. And I won't interrupt. Okay. I won't chuckle. I just want you to say the whole thing. Okay. I am going to change the wording in one part, though. No, 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 no. Verbatim. But I want to say that used to be the size of a bagel again, because that made me laugh. <laughs> You've already done it. You've already... <laughs> I want to do it again. No, all right, all right. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't stop you. I can't reach you through can't the screen. Stop. You ain't going to believe this, but used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in this world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody I ever knew. And he grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching him. Every day was a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, he started to look for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. This world ain't sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and go get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not putting fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or nobody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my bagel and you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have life. Don't forget to visit your bagel. <laughs> it is really good. It's really good. What would you do if you were feeling down in the dumps and I came over to your house and I gave you that speech? I'd probably ask you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> what? You wouldn't be inspired? I, I would be inspired to get you out of my house. <laughs> Hey, I'd be on your doorstep. I wouldn't force my way into your house. Well, I might. Uh, one of the one of the other like cheesy ones. It's also the tagline of the movie: "Ain't nothing's over till it's over." Mm -hmm. uh, Rocky says that to Dixon, kind of leading up to their fight, and Dixon responds with, "What's that from? The '80s." And Rocky looks at him and and at the camera and winks at the audience and says, uh, that was probably the 70s. That was a good line. Legitimately, I enjoyed that. That's like, like the that. nostalgia just <laughs> overflow. And I like how Mason Dixon says to him, you're one crazy old man. He goes, you'll get there. 
<laughs> oh, he's such a dad in this movie, and I love it. I love Dad Rocky. Uh, he feels more like a dad in this one, even though he's been he's a dad, dad for dad like bod. for like you know whatever four movies he's been a father. <laughs> <laughs> I, I the one of the ones that like this isn't really a notable quotable but after watching six of these the announcer for the fight after the end before they announce who wins the fight the announcer gets up to the microphone and he's like 10 out of 10 rounds of this startling exhibition match who would have thought that Rocky Balboa would go this long against the champ and I'm like looking at my screen like anybody anybody would have thought that anybody who's seen a rocky movie would think that he would go at least nine out of the ten rounds if not all ten yeah no one should be surprised at all i like uh the line where the announcers were talking about the fight and they said exhibition i wonder why they're calling this an exhibition and the guy says probably to not call it an execution (laughs) (laughs) okay uh i i before we end the, these quotables i've got i've got my speech prepared because like i said there's multiple monologues in the movie oh yes Absolutely. i've got one i'm gonna read to you now uh so strap strap yourself in oh i it think is, i know what it is i'm very excited okay good it is the scene where rocky has applied for a fighting license something i did not know existed before this movie <laughs> He's got to get his Rocky license. He does. And so he goes to like the boxing organization and the commissioners of boxing are basically like, Hey, uh, we're going to, you know, not give you this license. We're denying your license, whatever application. He's too old to begin the training. He's too old, too old to begin the training. Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) Rocky makes some comments about, uh, his rights and the bill of rights and how that he's talking about the pursuit of happiness and he's pursuing something that and my, leading up to it there's like a conversation i won't quote the whole thing but they're they're talking about no no that's the pursuit of happiness what's your point and rocky says my point is i'm pursuing something and nobody looks too happy about it and they're like well we're just <laughs> we're just looking out for your best interest And then this is very long-winded, but here I go. Rocky says, I appreciate that, but maybe you're looking out for your own interests just a little bit more. I mean, you shouldn't be asking people to come down here and pay the freight on something they paid still ain't good enough. I mean, you think that's right? I mean, maybe you're doing your job, but why you got to stop me from doing mine? Because if you're willing to go through all the battling you got to go through to get where you want to get, who's got the right to stop you? I mean, maybe some of you guys got something you never finished, something you really want to do, something you never said to something to something to somebody. <laughs> you're told no, even after you paid your dues. <laughs> Who's got the right to tell you that? Who? Nobody. It's your right to listen to your gut. It ain't nobody's right to say no after you earn the right to be where you want to be and do what you want to do. You know, the older I get, <laughs> the more things, <laughs> the more things I got to leave behind. And that's life. The only thing I'm asking you guys to leave on the table is what's right. <laughs> mm. 
it's a, bit, it's a bit rambly there in the middle, but I think I understood his point. He wants to box. He is. He does want to box again. Him, Rocky bringing up the Bill of Rights really cracks me up for some reason. It's like, okay, settle down, Rocky. Uh, yeah. That, I... Speaking to more of like past the quotables now, just to like the overall feel and just themes of the movie. I uh, talking to like the music, I do like how, especially from Rocky Five, big upgrade on the music. Yes, it's a throwback. It plays on the the original classic Bill Conti theme a lot. Mm-hmm. There's an instrumental version, but there's also a more upbeat version. You you get a lot of the same musical cues as you would get in Rocky or Rocky Two, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that because they're they're extremely well timed. They drum up the feelings like they're supposed to with a movie like this. Yeah, and I'll say even though there's a lot of missteps with the certain side character of Marie, you still get very genuine themes with not only Polly but also Rocky Junior. And so by the time the movies the movie ends. And I want to say it doesn't get like a perfect score. It just, it sticks the landing. It's very wobbly. I feel like in the middle, but it it tries to like trick you with its ending and not even with the fight. I'm just speaking to more of like after the fight, when he's walking away with everybody with him, the crowd is chanting Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Yeah. And then it kind of fades out and you think that's it, but then it comes back and he's back to where the movie started at Adrian's grave. And he just looks at him and he says, we did it, Adrian. We did it. Yeah. I like also a detail about the last fight is that he walks away before the results are announced. Like, he honestly yeah. just does not care. Yeah. It, it, you know, he came to, he, he did what he set out to do. And uh, I like that he loses the fight, too. Mm-hmm. There's no, no way he would have won that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for the movie to make him lose. Um, it's a split I, it's a split decision to be fair it is a split decision i don't like a couple of the shots where they decide to do black and white but leave some color in that's yeah. very dated weirdly the 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 end fight like you mentioned how it's shot like a realistic fight would be shown on like a pay-per-view on hbo or wherever yeah. i don't like that i feel like it takes a lot of the personality <laughs> And the the visceralness of the fight where I'm just, I'm not connected. It's like I'm watching a boxing match and I'm not watching a Rocky movie. I get what he's going for. And if it works for mm-hmm. some people, awesome. Because it, I don't think it throws off the vibe of the whole climax. It's just, I wish we would have gotten more personality from it that is classic, like the rest of the movie is going for. But then when it does cut away, like you said, it goes into the more highly edited colorized version of it and it just took me out of the movie yeah for sure as far as, far as the choreography and everything i mean the fight looks good though mm-hmm. i think like it's it's a pretty it's fun to watch yeah. um yeah not the best but not the worst fight in a rocky movie mm-hmm. i would say weirdly as far as can it stand alone i'm very torn on this one because it doesn't have it doesn't have a recap or anything, and all of the stuff they talk about, like the history of the characters and whatnot, they they don't do any like overdrawn like explanation. Like it's very much for Rocky fans, 
But at the same time, I feel like if you showed this to somebody, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this boxer who's kind of a has been and this new champion and kind of this guy's family struggles and whatnot and what he means to the community as a whole. It, it, it's all kind of there. It all fits within this movie. So I feel like mm-hmm. I have to give this it can stand alone Stallone. Barely. I think it can, too. I think yeah. it can. It could be enjoyed by someone who's never seen a Rocky movie which is kind of the criteria for these franchise uh, standalone questions where you could be dropped into this. Yeah. There's a lot of context you're not getting, but at the same time, the acting holds up and the script, especially towards the beginning holds up to set you up to care enough about the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Daniel, what do you think about bagels for this, this bad boy here, this bad boy, Balboa. Bad boy, Balboa. Uh, I'm gonna give this a solid six point five. You're a bit higher than me. What are you giving it? Six. I'm giving it. I'm giving it a five point one. Five point one. Yes. All right, that's fair. The movie starts out super strong. The last like two minutes, two three minutes are very strong. The climax, though, just with the way it was shot, took me out of the movie, and then the middle part of the movie i just don't like with all the stuff with marie is my biggest issue where you could have had a lot stronger elements that tries to build on and it's unfortunate because where the movie like gets off to a running start like i was like this is on track to be right up there with rocky one and rocky two and honestly just because you know like I said, three and four were kind of in the mid sixes range for me. It was mainly just because they committed to their bit and you got to respect that. Whereas this movie, yep. while it's it's committing, it's committing to a lot of the wrong things. <laughs> yeah. So while, while this movie did the impossible and made me start to care for Polly, I, I can't, I give it, I, I give it a five, which again, isn't negative. It's not rotten. It's not a, it's not a stale bagel by any means. It is, mm-hmm. it is a decent movie. It, I watched it for the franchise. If I return to this franchise in the future, it is nowhere near what I would want to rewatch when compared to two, one or three or four. Yeah. But if I rewatched the series, I would skip five and just watch Rocky Balboa. Oh yeah. If you're watching chronologically, yeah. like this one mm-hmm. is miles better than Rocky, Rocky five. If I could go back yes. in time, I'd probably go back to like a 1.5 for that movie because the more I've thought about it, the more I've disliked it. <laughs> it's truly awful. You know, your movie's bad when Polly Claus is there. Yes. <laughs> Polly Claus. Yeah. Uh, uh, rewatchable scale. Seek it out. Watch with friends if it's on. What's the mood? Or stab my eyes. It is a what's the mood? It's an if it's on for me. Yeah. Yeah. This is a nice uh, airplane movie. You know, it's kind of short. Uh, gets yes. the job done. You can probably nap through it and be all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got enough emotional beats to make you care, but it's not like a movie that you want to really spend a lot. Good airplane movie. That's a new segment. Can you watch this movie on the airplane? Airplane. Yes. It would play better on an airplane for sure. So there is one like oversight. And I feel like we have to apologize in advance for something that we're not covering, but I think we should acknowledge now that we are 
kind of closing the book on the titular Rocky movies within the Rocky mm-hmm. franchise. And that is Rocky the Musical. This is a Broadway play that debuted in 2014, eight years after they closed the book on Rocky Balboa and said it was the last one. They made Rocky a musical. It is based off the solely the first movie. And I did some research and looked up some of the reviews. And basically the consensus was that it was fine. <laughs> when are we going? I want to go see Rocky the musical. I don't think it's playing anymore. It was not a oh. hit. Uh, they did have, um, as far as like the pe- people who were fans of Rocky, obviously liked it. Uh, the performances were well enough. Uh, the more negative reviews kind of criticized it for apparently not being a musical in the back half because it realized, <laughs> and I quote, <laughs> the elements of boxing don't lend themselves to <laughs> being musical themed. <laughs> so well, yeah, of, like the negative reviews all kind of say the same thing where it just forgets to be a musical towards the back part of the movie. And it's just like, we're just going to have a stage play of the final act of Rocky. Yeah. I can't see that working. That's even worse than the Spider-Man musical. Do you remember the Spider-Man musical? Was it a musical or was it like a stage performance, like kid play? It was a musical because you two wrote the music for it uh really it, it bombed it bombed and people kind of said the same thing it's like yeah you can't really have spider-man's you know well slinging webs <laughs> some songs. okay so i'm i'll have to do some double checking on this because i'm pretty sure i went to that show you saw spider-man the musical if if this is what i'm thinking it is uh, there was definitely this is a hundred percent me my brother and I'm pretty sure uh, Logan, friend of the show, cousin of the show, also went to this performance. And so maybe I'm misremembering. Turn Off the Dark is what it's officially called. Did you see Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? When was it? Because if it was uh, anywhere in the early 2000s, that's when we would have gone. 2010? Is no. Started? Not, that's not the same thing then. We're thinking of two different okay, things. Well, well, hold the phone. I, I want to see this Spider-Man play you went to with Logan and Mikey. It is. Why was I invited? I, I don't know. Probably because we didn't know each other yet. And I apologize for that. But I don't know how we got on this. Oh, musicals. That's how I, I'll do mm-hmm. more research and I'll, I'll come back next week with uh, all the, the Spider-Man, the live show talk. Uh, I do remember a. A Green Goblin suspended in wires and he would come out to talk to spider-man and throw his little verbal jabs at him or maybe throw a pumpkin bomb or two and then he Mm -hmm. would slink back (laughs) to backstage only to come out (laughs) off the wires (laughs) and then fight him fist to fist on the ground (laughs) i love this yeah uh so no not a musical but something very real uh something i have very fond memories of but at the same time i i could not tell you what what the other than like it being an origin story did i ever tell you about the easter musical i went to as a kid (laughs) no we got invited to go to some friend's church where they did like an easter musical and they've like at the end of it they 
pulled Jesus up into the ceiling like he was going into heaven, but then <laughs> <laughs> Jesus got stuck and you saw his legs <laughs> kicking in the <laughs> You saw his legs kicking in the air <laughs> for a couple seconds. <laughs> oh man. Hey, when are we gonna start our other podcast where we review musicals? The musical. <laughs> The bagel, the musical, <laughs> bagel boys, we the could, musical. We could sing while we review it. I could write us some songs. I don't know what those are. Um, oh, that's right. Wesley yeah. does not know music. No, I don't. Um, no, no. 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 What I do know. know though is that what do you know? This this episode is coming to a close, and you know what? So is this what? franchise series. We're we're almost done. Almost there. Talking Creed next week. Who? Creed. That's not Rocky. It's not Rocky. <laughs> it's Rocky's long lost baby son. He trains to be a big boy. He does train him to be a big boy. And so <laughs> you'll have to listen to your boys talk about that next <laughs> week. Um, yeah, it'll be odd to round out the franchise. It's kind of kind of like how we did with Spider-Man now that I think about it, because last year we talked we talked about Venom, which was a spinoff, but we ended on Spider-Man Far From Home, which mm-hmm. is getting its third installment, probably not the final installment, but the third installment at the end of this year. Which we will be covering, everyone, because it's we will be Spider-Man covering series. Any Absolutely. previous franchise series will get new entries. So mm-hmm. whenever Creed 3 comes out, mm-hmm. which is in production right now, as far as I know, uh, yep. we will be covering it to, to finish it off because I think that is supposed to be the final one. But you never know with these things. They always say it's going to be know. the last one. And then next thing you know, you got a musical. Next thing you know, you got a really, really successful <laughs> spin-off series. <laughs> yeah. And when Brad Pitt comes out with his next blockbuster, we'll be doing a Brad Pitt movie again. We won't. <laughs> what? Too much. Wes, no. If it's a really good movie, a really interesting movie, I say we have to. We're obligated to. We're contractually obligated to. End of discussion. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of the discussion. That's also the end of the review. Uh, tune in next week to hear us talk about everything Creed. But keep listening to figure out what we've been watching. Everyone's favorite segment of the show at the end of each episode. Yeah. I don't have anything. <laughs> You've watched nothing? Well, yeah, because we just... Okay, little inside information. We just did Rocky Five a couple days ago. I've been watching The Bachelor. That Should counts. about The Bachelor? Talk okay, about the bachelor. the bachelor. Yeah, I've been watching The Bachelor. We're stuck without air conditioning in our house, and I've been on quarantine, <laughs> and uh, everything, everything sucks, and I've been... Watching a sucky TV show. I don't really want to talk about it. Unto you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a time to be stuck at home in the week that the weather decides, hey, you know how it's been like high 70s for the past like two weeks? What if it was 95? Yep. <laughs> and, and cloudless. It's, it's pretty awful. Um, What have I been watching since whatever Saturday or three or four days ago since we last recorded? We, uh, I'll just jump along with you here because I did watch a few movies, but I'll keep in theme with you about TV shows. Been watching the Great British Baking Show with my wife. Oh, it is on Netflix and it is supremely entertaining. 
making some fine crumpets and scones. Everything is, everything has an accent, even the food. Um, (laughs) Bob's your uncle. It has like, it has the feeling of chopped, but with like engaging characters and they have more people. The season starts with like 12 bakers and they get rid of one each week. Mm. And the bakers like they kill them. They they do they do kill them with a guillotine um off screen. <laughs> it's it's very engaging just because you see like the relationships build between like the different chefs, and it's just it's just wholesome. The whole thing is wholesome, and so is the food. But don't worry, you get enough of that raw cutthroat criticism from the judges as well. Um, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's just been good good fun. Good fun. Good show. Good show, old chap. Let me just say one thing about The Bachelor before we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's this man named Connor on it. And I had my doubts about Connor. I didn't like him at first because he came out of the limo the first episode in a cat suit because The Bachelorette likes cats, I guess. So we wore a cat suit with furry little mittens. And like, who is this chump? Who is this chump? Like, that's stupid. I'm rooting for him. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he's, he's an eighth grade math teacher. He used to be an alcoholic, but he's recovered. And uh, you know what, Connor? I haven't, I'm not caught up. So nobody spoil it for me. I hope he goes all the way. Come on, Connor. We believe in you. What if I looked it up right now and told you? Oh, absolutely. You better not. I you kept better the stop recording. It. Stop it. Stop it. Please. I have to find out for myself. <laughs> Slowly <laughs> picking up my phone. Uh, no. Oh man! You know what? What? Talking about lasting long into something that's gone on for far too long. I I want to genuinely thank all of our listeners who have stuck with us through this entire episode so so much. Absolutely. Uh, like I said at the top of the episode, we do have listeners' choice. It's all about you guys. You'll have multiple ways to vote. The polls will be mm-hmm. up right before this episode goes up live. So be on the lookout for that. Remember Jurassic Park, The Incredibles, A Knight's Tale, and Emperor's New Groove. Only mm-hmm. one will leave the ring as the top contender in the 2021 Bigger Boys show, Listener's Choice. And we will cover that movie on the show right after the Rocky franchise series is over. So mm-hmm. basically in three weeks... Wes, correct me if I'm wrong, but in order to vote, you have to sign up on our website uh, and register, no. and you have to have your ID and no. uh, three pieces of mail. Birth certificate <laughs> would be helpful because uh, you can't be too sure these days. Uh, it, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is all the right information. So, yes, please register online at your local We are community. requiring that. Uh, but also not any of those things. It is super easy, uh, barely an inconvenience to put in your vote. You can send us a message. You can send us mm-hmm. a text, like us on Facebook and Instagram, and you'll see the polls there. Really any way you want your voice to be heard, be as creative as possible. I will, I will say Daniel and I will be awarding style points for how you submit your vote this year. And this is not a bit, this is for real. If you come in yes. and you send me a long-winded uh, poem to my voicemail or to my Instagram or Facebook, I'm probably going to count that as like three or four votes. 
instead of just commenting the movie you comment with like 15 exclamation points it's probably good for two votes Mm -hmm. if you call me and just say hey can you guys do incredibles i'll hang up the phone and block your number because you're dead to me i need some pizzazz in your vote (laughs) (laughs) if you 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 know what though like i'll even let you guys in on a little secret if uh you message me on facebook it's gonna count as a vote if you comment on our pages page with your vote that'll be a vote if you make a, a little instagram thing put it on the the instagram fan page that also counts as a vote you can vote for the I same movie over and over and over again that would be the most effective you could vote for each movie once if you really wanted to i don't care mm-hmm. anything is welcome and you are all very welcome and i i want to thank you so much for listening to the show daniel and i really really appreciate it uh we also mm-hmm. appreciate luke robbins for our theme song we do. And uh, Daniel, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, just uh, remember, bring your IDs and go to your local library and vote this weekend. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, bless your farts, everybody. And bless your blurts, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>